Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that is ringing in the new year with drama. Today we have Jules, Ellen, and Zoe. Um, And today we are answering more of your revolutionary romance questions with a slight holiday slash New Year's theme. Um, And I think Zoe wanted to kick us off with talking about some of our own wonderful slash terrible (laughs) romantic lives. Um, Yeah, I just... I just wanted to make the f- people feel comfortable and seen and understood that I'm out here too, you know? <laughs> um, so I thought we could warm up um, by roasting someone that I went on a date with. And um, don't feel bad. It's fully deserved, I promise. But after the date, it was the first date, he sent me the absolute most ridiculous text I've ever seen, like post-final date. And at first I thought like maybe I'm just I like being- that you called it final date. <laughs> First final date. The first and final date. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thus far, these texts have only been shared with my close friends on Instagram. But like, people who like never reply to my story were like replying and stuff. And so I was like, the world needs to see this, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, just to give a little backstory, because some of these things come up in the text, but if I forget any backstory as I'm reading the text, I'll just explain. But, um, so this is a person I met on, um, a dating app. I wasn't like gung ho about it. It's not like I thought this date was going to be great. Um, I did think it was going to be a little (laughs) bit more normal than it was though. (laughs) Um, hate when that happens. (laughs) Like, yeah, I didn't have high hopes, but. I had, like, I think um, a different take of humanity before this date. Um, (laughs) So um, we went to get drinks at a bar. um, And the whole time he was just, like, very awkward, like, clearly, like, really, really nervous. But to the point that he was, like, kind of interrupting himself, like, would – I would, like, ask him a question, and then he would start telling me, and then be like, I don't know where I'm going with that. I feel like I'm just, like, talking a lot, like, blah, 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 And I was like, okay, like, it's cool. There's a point in the text where he mentions that he was embarrassed that he offended me, and the part that offended me is that um, he asked if I had been reading anything lately, and I said, like, oh, I'm in grad school, so, like, I don't really read a lot outside of, like, my school readings. And then I made a joke being like, ha ha, and sometimes I don't even do my school readings. And he was like, you don't do your school readings. You're paying for grad school. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And like, he was being like dead serious. I was like, yeah, like I sometimes do. That's so awkward. And then he was just like, well, I mean, I just don't understand because like you're paying for grad school. So like, why wouldn't you do your readings? And I was like, yeah, and I have a 4.0. So it seems like it's chill, right? Um, and oh then he was like, oh, I didn't know that, like, bothered you. And then he was on this whole thing about how he was, like, trying not to offend me. And I'm like, just don't be judgmental and I won't be offended. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh that's, like, God. mentioned in the text. So I just wanted to preface with those things. And now I will just paint the picture of when these texts occurred. So, okay, this person didn't drink, but, like, he suggested meeting at a bar. Um, he just wasn't drinking because of, like, uh health stuff 
So he's suggesting meeting in a bar, but like I had a few drinks. I was tipsy. I was, you know, whatever. Um, and he wasn't. And he, so he had driven and he asked if I wanted a ride home. And I said, sure. I also had him drop me off a couple blocks away from my apartment so he doesn't know where I live. But I was like, smart, yeah, you can smart. give me a ride home because it was cold. Um, and like before I got out of his car, we like made out a little bit. And that is part of this first text, which is why I needed to share that. Um, I'm not proud. (laughs) (laughs) So I get, yeah, so I get back into my place. I'm like on my couch, tipsy, ordering my post-date comfort Taco Bell, watching a little reality TV. And I get this text. Like probably the second he gets home, he texts me because it had been like so quick. He goes, post-date check-in. How are you feeling? And I just said, hey, feeling pretty good. You? Not that I thought the date went well. Not that I thought I wanted to go on another one. Just that I didn't realize that how the depth he wanted this conversation to go into. He goes, I felt tense and feel bad about feeling tense. But overall, I think you're really rad and had fun. And that kiss was fucking really nice. Oh. <laughs> yeah, feel free to roast as I'm going. Um, I said, did you feel tense about anything in particular? Because, like, I was just confused and was trying to be like, what's going on? And he right. said... Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's like, uh, the, the this doesn't seem bad yet. It seems a little weird, but it doesn't seem bad yet. But, but the bad part is coming. It, it progresses. <laughs> he said... Mostly embarrassed that I was being judgmental and that it pissed you off. Also, I wasn't, like, acting pissed off. I literally just kind of said exactly what I said. Like, I was a little sassy about it and then moved on. I wasn't like, I'm so pissed. How dare you? So, like, I don't know. Um, And then he said, was scared I was going to say something else that might offend you. In parentheses, nothing specifically, but just the tension that it could happen. And I said, oh, I thought... We moved past that moment pretty quickly, but also you were on, you seemed to be on edge before that because he was already super awkward and anxious. So like, don't blame me for not liking something you said for making you text because that is not what happened. Um, right. Also, like, I don't know, whenever someone is like, oh, I was just really scared about saying something that would offend you. It's like, especially if it's mm-hmm. because they know that you're like a feminist or something. It's like, well, why yeah. do you think you're going to say something right? that would offend me? Like, do you what say you that type worried? of thing a lot? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he also on the date was talking about um, his ex and basically saying how he he's afraid that he comes off like he seems like a better dude than he is and he's actually like not a good dude and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah then he said we did but it was still in the back of my head I think the edginess was that I realized I don't lead conversations much and it makes me kind of uncomfortable so I was navigating that and I'm shit at it and um yeah I was navigating a lot of the conversation like I definitely had to keep kind of like uh so what about your family mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff yeah mm-hmm. and like it's just fine would... it's just a sign of not a good date right it's like that's fine but you're not good at conversation and i don't want to go on another date with you because this was like effort like it's not flowing and he kept like definitely oversharing so i also kind of felt like i was just like giving a therapy session at this point 
Mm-hmm. And at this point, I really feel like I was giving it every second. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, gotcha, okay. I'm honestly not used to getting such a date review, TBH. Which what I meant was I'm not used to someone texting me after a date to provide this sort of review. I didn't mean like, oh, I'm not used to a negative review or whatever. Like, that, that's what he took it as because he goes... Just not used to a review, period. Yes. He right. goes, it's not a bad review, I don't think. I don't think. Just that's where <laughs> I was at. Mind you, a few texts ago, he was like, you're really rad and it was great. Right? Yeah. So this man yeah. is right. spiraling before our very eyes. I said, you don't think? Question mark, LOL. I could sense that you were feeling awkward and I was trying to help with that. Do you not typically feel like that on dates? Because I was like, am I the problem? Am I the drama here? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I think I'm deaf reserved on dates, but not always. You were helping, but sometimes there were silences and I'm really bad with that. Wasn't sure if you were interested and waiting for me to keep going or what. Like, yeah, generally, I just, like, when someone's in the middle of talking, the you, like, of... wait for them to finish. Yeah. Also, like, this is the type of conversation you have with, like, your best friend after right. a first date, yes. not the person you went on the date with. Like, yeah. this is just way too much. Exactly. For, like, like you just met this very day. Yes. I talked to my therapist. I, I, I read these to my therapist as well, and she was like, uh, what? Like, she was like, he's clearly spiraling, and I was like, yeah, like, I get spiraling after a first date, but, like, you need to go to, like, your friends or your own therapist, like, not me. Like, don't, like, debrief the date with me. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I just didn't always have more to add on, um, like, when you were sharing something. As in, like, I thought you were still talking, so I was being polite by not talking over you, as people do. He said, that's totally fair. And I said, do you do this after every date? And he goes, debrief? No, not always. And I said, okay, just wondering. And he goes, oh, dating. And I said, (laughs) maybe this is too much, honestly, for me. (laughs) Yeah, fair. And he said, that is understandable. I'm sorry. And I said, you're good. I'm just tipsy and thought that this conversation was going to be lighter. He goes, I think we have some good banter here and there. Sorry the other stuff was not what you were looking to hear, though. And I said, it's just really too much nitpicking for a first date, in my opinion. <laughs> he said, <laughs> okay, I understand. I said, what were you hoping to get out of this conversation? He goes, I truly don't know. <laughs> and then I just said, okay, interesting. And we have never spoken again. Oh my god. Oh boy. I I was just gonna say I just feel like he wanted like reassurance that he was being normal, which he was not. And then he no. was too embarrassed or like wasn't able to articulate that to himself. And that's why he was like, I don't know what I wanted out of this. But it's I feel like he wanted you to be like, no, that was an extremely normal first date. And you were like, no, that was kind of weird because it was. And it was and, and progressively is, weirder by the moment. <laughs> After the date was over. Like, I think this is instructive because, like, you're going to have weird first dates. That's fine. That's the nature of a first date. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're bad at dating. It just means that you don't click. And that's okay. The thing you don't want to do is text somebody afterwards to do a play-by-play of that date. 
So nobody asked, hey, Susan the bitch, should I text someone after a date to do a play-by-play of our date? If you did, we would say no, and this would be why. Um, which I think is maybe a good segue into the questions that our listeners asked us. Um, does anybody want to go with the, go read the first one? Uh, yes, I can read it. Um, so our first question is, how has dating changed in good and bad ways in the last 10 years? I ask because I've been in a committed relationship and I'm often at a loss when my dating friends are discussing their experiences. I never experienced the online dating world. I love that this person referred to their, I guess, single friends as dating friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I liked this question. I thought this was very wholesome. Um, And I feel like we should preface our answer by saying that literally everyone on this call was a teenager 10 years ago. Um, and it's very important for me to say that because I'm turning 30 soon. So while I still can, I was a teenager, still can say this, I was a teenager 10 years ago. Um, so like our view on what dating was like 10 years ago might be a little different than somebody who was like an actual adult 10 years ago. Um, right. I don't know. If it involved a lot of was. going to the movies. Right. Like, <laughs> like going to a college going to the mall. Messaging. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I thought maybe what we could do is just like talk a little bit about what our experience dating on apps and what that's been like, and then compare that, that the person who wrote this can compare that to their own experiences from 10 years ago. Yeah, I guess when I was thinking about my answer to this question, the main thing that came to mind for me is just that, like, I feel like people talk a lot about how, like, dating apps or like hookup culture or feminism have like ruined dating, um, you know, depending on who you're talking to, which of those things they might blame. But I guess just like my general response to that is always that like dating apps may have changed dating, but like men being terrible is a kind of (laughs) ongoing problem. (laughs) And like, like, you know, toxic masculinity has been a thing throughout at least all of like US dating history and like (laughs) probably all dating history pretty much. But like I overall, I do think that it's like a good thing that people, especially women and queer people and trans people have like a lot more choice of who to date Mm -hmm. and that it's easier to find people and like filter out people who are obviously racist or transphobic or whatever like before you meet up with them um like all of those things I think are really positive and like I don't know I have a lot of problems with dating in general but I'm not sure I don't know there are obviously bad things about dating apps I guess it's just like I don't know what it was like before there were dating Mm -hmm. apps so it's kind of hard to imagine like what that even would be but (laughs) I guess I just want to put in a word for like there there being some positives to dating apps. And I think a lot of the negatives that people experience are things that are sort of like true about dating in general. Um, mm. Like men being weird and texting you for a full debriefs <laughs> at slash therapy session about your date. Mm-hmm. Um, like that could have happened before dating apps. I mean, maybe it would have been like a phone call, which would have been so much right. worse in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> You know. A Yelp review. Um, so, you know, I do, I, I do think some of these things, maybe question asker, your friends focus on the things that are bad about dating apps, but I bet there are things that 
you could relate to from dating 10 years mm. ago that are probably like broadly similar categories of thing, even if they're a little bit different. Yeah. I would also just add, like, I think that there are things about just technology in general that have probably changed things like having, I mean, 10 years ago we had cell phones, obviously, but like, you know, I got my first smartphone probably like 10 years ago. Like ghosting has always been a thing, but like we, the amount of like instant access that we have to each other is definitely accelerated in the last 10 years. So like, it's probably more evident when something goes bad, you can tell more quickly, like, oh, this person hasn't responded to my text message in four days, as opposed to like, you know, this person hasn't, as Zoe said, responded to my email in four days. Like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they they've been away from their the computer. letter that I sent. Maybe the right. post was delayed. And my <laughs> like man is on the front lines. And I guess what world we, we weren't fighting. Anymore. Okay, it's 1899. He's in the Philippines. Like, when will the post arrive? I'm just like, he's yeah, maybe he's not ghosting war. me. Maybe he's just dead. Like, we don't know. <laughs> I still think that to myself all the time. I'm like, this person. <laughs> have died and that's the only explanation because right. who would ignore me um right and yeah and there's definitely you know like ghosting is an all-gender problem for sure um and i mean a lot of terrible behavior is, is not exclusive to men so let's you know let's say that anybody can ghost you true. which we might talk about later that's um, so true <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, this also just made me think you know how uh People are like, oh, millennials are, like, killing marriage, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if, like, some of that is because when you had to meet someone in person, right, uh, however the hell you would meet people, it was a lot harder. It's not like, oh, if you have a breakup, it's still hard, but you, there are apps. There's kind of more resources for you. Like, do you think people were less likely to get out of long-term relationships that they weren't as happy in because they were like, well, how the hell am I going to meet someone else? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I already sure, am yeah. with my one hot coworker, so. <laughs> like, don't have any other hot coworkers to fall back on here. I think that speaks to the, fa- the fact that, like, dating apps definitely make it clear or unclear how, what sort of options you have available. Like, as somebody who went on t- Tinder in small town Pennsylvania, I went through the entirety of queer women <laughs> in my, like, 50-mile radius in, like, a day. Um, but in New York, like, it's a very different situation. So I think, like, if you're in, if you're a queer person, it, it also can be different. But, like, you know, it, it, it reveals, it can make you feel like you're spoiled choice in a way that maybe you wouldn't feel if you were kind of like oh my dating pool is mostly my friends my friends of friends and maybe friends of friends of friends like that's Mm. much smaller than every person in a 50 mile radius of me who sexuality is compatible with mine yeah when I was visiting Laura in Buffalo um a few weeks ago I was like swiping on Bumble and I ran out of people like I was there for a weekend and I ran out of people to swipe on before yeah. I left and I was like <laughs> oh my god Laura's like yeah I've been telling you it's bad I was like yeah no this is just I didn't know I would run out in two days yeah <laughs> it's like as soon as somebody moves there every like queer and the like 40 mile radius is like oh my god there's, so- <laughs> there's a new one there's one person on my bumble now yeah yeah i guess the other th- or another thing i would say for the person who asked this question um 
I mean, I think there's definitely pros and cons to dating apps. Like Jules was saying, there's more things that you can potentially know about a person without going on a date with them. Um, and there's more like filters. So in a way, that stuff's good. I'm not, I don't necessarily think that it's like worse or better than other kinds of dating. I do think that it can be very like, it gets tiresome when you're just like swiping and swiping and you're like, none of these people are interesting to me at all. Um, which something I've been thinking about lately because sometimes people will come up who I know on the apps and I'll like decide in my head whether there's someone in real life who I'm interested in or not. I'll like look at their profile and be like, would I swipe on this person if I didn't know them in real life? And the answers vary. But so I think it's like, I don't know, there's people mm. you meet that maybe don't look like your type, but like because you met them in real life and you know their personality, yeah. you're more prone to them. Um, yeah. Or like vice versa, there's someone that you're like, they're really cute, but like they suck. Um, so there's also yeah. the like lack right. of just kind of meeting people and like getting more of their like actual vibe and like seeing if you're drawn to them. Definitely. So yeah. I try to be generous, but like not too generous. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I do feel like with IRL dating, it's like your choices are more limited, but there can also be that thing of like, oh, you met them through like a friend of a friend. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of vetting that like they have some sort of overlap with your like social circles or interests or just like they're not a crazy person, like whatever the thing is. There's just like a little bit more filtering that definitely on a lot of dating apps I mean, isn't is that part of what Bumble is supposed to be? I actually have never used Bumble, but I think it's it like was your, Hinge. Oh, it's Hinge, Hinge that's originally like mutual friends like on friends Facebook friends. or something. Yeah. yeah, Hinge used to be that. Um, right. It's not anymore. Which personally, I didn't really like that because, like, don't perceive me. I don't want people I knew in high school <laughs> right. getting a text or whatever, being like, "Oh, it looks like you know Zoe from Hinge. Like, what do you think of them?" Like. I probably don't know these, like, a lot of my friends from Facebook, I haven't actually actively used Facebook in years. Like, these people don't really know me anymore, a lot of them. Yeah. Right. I feel like that's, it. like, unsuccessfully, but it was, like, trying to replicate that Mm -hmm. idea of, like, oh, someone you might, like, meet at a party because they're a friend of a friend or something, which I think can still happen. It's just, like, I guess for me, a lot of times it's been, like, oh, maybe I, like, see someone at a party and I'm like they're cute but then we like later match on a dating app or something there's like Mm. usually some way that it's still mediated by technology I guess but yeah true so back oh my god what I just realized that the person I'm dating I met in an old-fashioned way oh my god I've I've known him for like 12 years but, like, we reconnected oh, yeah. because he friends with my brother, and I thought he was hot, and then I hung out with him with my brother, and then we started hanging out by ourselves. Nice. So that's, like, real pre-dating app wow. vibes. Real about to turn that's, 30 vibes, that's Kellen. That's so also, trad of you, Kellen. <laughs> I know, I know. Also, my dating app was set to only women, so I never would have seen <laughs> Right. Which is, you know, another thing that can be good, but also bad about dating apps. Like, I feel like it's often, even if you're bi or pan, like just setting it to only women can be easier because men in general (laughs) tend to be creepier. And so sometimes it's just like, I don't want to deal with this. But then, yeah, it does. It does mean you might miss out on something. Yeah. But in in many cases, probably not. And it's probably fine. (laughs) Yeah. What Jules was saying reminded me of like a few years ago, pre-COVID, I was at a show that my friend's band was playing. 
And someone in one of the other bands, I just was like, they're so hot. I will find this person. Um, (laughs) Why didn't I say anything in person? I don't know. I couldn't. I was like, I will find them later on Tinder. So, (laughs) and I did. Um, And like we matched and we messaged a little bit. I think that romance lasted for about uh, 24 hours because it turned out that he sucked. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was really fun fun that I was like I'm gonna find this hot person and I did <laughs> that's like the other okay we need to move on to another question yeah we do so the last thing I'll say about this <laughs> is that there is another thing that comes with dating apps which is where you see somebody and you're like wow I feel like this person I would super vibe they're super hot and then you accidentally swipe left on them that happened to me mm. I one time went and tried to pay to get a Bumble, like, premium so that I could undo a swipe and I paid for it and then it wouldn't let me undo it because it was before I had swiped or after I had swiped so I never got it and I was like, that's my soulmate. When you swipe left on someone, they're like, you missed a potential match, pay for premium to get them back and I'm like, absolutely not. Well, you're stronger than I am, Zoe. <laughs> like, I barely want to be here for free. I'm well, not it's like, right, if you intentionally <laughs> swipe left and then they're like, you missed a match, it's like, well, yeah, because like I didn't did. want to yeah. swipe on I'm like, that wasn't, it says but... you missed a potential match. I'm like, that wasn't a potential match. I was uninterested. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I hope this helps. Um, we've really just been going off on dating apps. Um, anybody else have anything they want to add before we move on to the next question? No, I think let's let's go to the next one. You've covered it. Okay, so the next one is, I actually really like this question. I was wondering if you all had tips on feeling sexy without expressing that in a feminine way slash feeling sexy with body hair. I identify as a cis woman, but I've been wanting to experiment with growing out my body hair. My partner likes body hair, but it has always felt like shaving my legs was an essential part of my get sexy routine. Thanks. I like this question because it's not about necessarily, you know, seeming sexy to other people or feeling Mm -hmm. sexy for other people. It's just about this person um, in her own body. Um, And I just want to say that body hair is very sexy. And I love that you're leaning into that. Um, I don't know, this is something that I've been exploring a lot lately with like, I guess like, I realized I was non-binary a while before quarantine but in quarantine I think I like it sort of triggered like realizing that I wanted to change a lot of things about my gender presentation and like that so some of that is stuff that I've been doing more recently um I think one thing that's helped for me is just like trying a lot of different things and seeing what feels good because I'm someone who kind of needs to like try things and then see um like what they feel like so I personally have like bought a lot of different types of lingerie or just like cute underwear and then like trying different things and being like oh like does this feel good like does this make me feel cute um and that's been something that's been really helpful like now I have some things that it's like oh I feel really sexy in this but it's very like not feminine um I think I'm trying to remember where I bought this stuff from 
I think I bought some stuff from Me Undies, caving to the podcast industrial complex. Okay, I honestly love Me Undies. They're so comfortable. Um, yeah, they're really comfortable, and they have some. We really are not sponsored, but we could designs. be Me Undies. Yeah, hit us we up. could Me Undies hit <laughs> us up. Um, I actually think we could just like get a promo code if we wanted to, but um, really, I, yeah, I think so. I would write Me Undies. I'm literally that, obsessed, but. Um, <laughs> But so that's been one that I really like because they're like cute, but a lot of like sort of genderless or like gender fluid designs. And you can also like mix and match different things. So you can get like a little bralette thing and boxers, for example, or like whatever combination of types of underwear you want. Um, Also, Tomboy X is one that I feel like has a lot of like different combinations of shapes. Um... I feel like there's one other place that I've ordered from that I now can't remember. But anyway, that's been something that's been helpful to me. I think also just like doing things that are maybe not directly linked to your body and like your specific presentation, but like, I don't know, something like lighting incense or candles, if that's something that kind of makes you feel embodied or like present in the moment um, or like having a drink that's relaxing or something. And just like, doing those things and setting aside time for yourself to just intentionally like lean into your sexiness and feeling sexy in the way that you are now, whether that's with body hair or not, or whatever you're wearing. Um, I think just like giving yourself space to feel that and embrace that with your current presentation will probably help a lot with like like I guess keeping in your mind that that's true even if there are times where you don't feel that it's true yeah I agree I would just add like for me I like and we may talk about this later depending on (laughs) how many questions we get to um but like I I feel really good sometimes and like I'll just be like in lingerie like in my apartment like drinking wine and dancing to Ariana Grande by myself and like that's cool um but it like I feel really sexy in those moments and I think like trying to do those things like when you have you know you like you haven't shaved your legs and you like you know I don't know if you're somebody that like has like a healthy relationship with drinking for example and you're like oh I'm a little tipsy oh I look good oh my legs are hairy like hell yeah look at me (laughs) like that can be like really helpful and like if you're not like that's also cool do whatever it is that makes you feel good and be like yeah I look great I feel great and my like legs haven't been shaved in three weeks or whatever it is like just like I think trying to get in that headspace and then actively acknowledge like I can feel this way even if my body hair doesn't look the way that it used to I think is a way of potentially like retraining your brain to like find that part of yourself sexy yeah yeah I agree um I don't really shave any of my body hair. Um, I use like a trimmer sometimes. And it's honestly not necessarily because I prefer the aesthetics of it. It's actually because I just really hate shaving. And the last time I ever (laughs) shaved my armpits, I got like this like crazy like infection in my like (gasps) underarms. And I was like, see, this is why we're meant to have hair there. I'm not shaving them anymore. And like it wouldn't go away. It was horrible. It was disgusting. Um, If you're listening (laughs) to this and you have a crush on me, pretend you did not hear that. (laughs) (laughs) no I'm honestly like I read a story once about that happening to someone from shaving their legs because it's like I don't know there can be bacteria on the razor or something and that's like a huge anxiety of mine now so yeah 
that's I hate yeah. that. What happened is like I had mostly stopped shaving, so the razor I had was like kind of old. It just been sitting in my shower. Um, so right. then when I decided to like, oh, I'll shave again, there was like bacteria on it and it went really poorly. Um, so anyway, but I don't not like, I mean, it's just not necessarily an aesthetic choice for me, but I used to like feel sexy and like Kellen said, love a lingerie moment. Um, I love, love to it. put on like chokers. We all know Zoe's hot. We all know Zoe's hot. <laughs> so we all true. know Kellen's hot and Jules is hot. <laughs> We're all hot here. And this person who wrote in, you're hot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I look like chokers, like sometimes I like to paint my nails before, which like, I guess these things could all be feminine, but I also don't think that they like have to be. Um, I have like my oil diffuser. Like if I'm having someone over, I'm like diffusing the oil and making my apartment smell good. Uh, yeah. Love that. Love that. <laughs> diffusing the oils. We're diffusing the oils. <laughs> There's nothing better to me. When someone walks into my, my apartment and tell me that it smells good. <laughs> because you know when you walk into someone's apartment, it smells bad. Yeah. But no one's going to tell you that. Cat, so, like. Right. Yeah. Especially when yeah. you have pets. I feel like it's a, it's yeah. a big accomplishment. Oh, yeah. I spent half of my life making her litter box not smell. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I can read the next one. Perfect. Next Sweet. question says, Hi. Hoping for advice on navigating a situationship where the other person is more committed than I am. We've made it clear we're keeping things casual, but this is her first queer relationship, and she keeps pushing for more and more romance slash emotional intimacy. I think she's amazing, but my feelings for her are very friends who fuck. And she keeps telling me how much she likes me and saying things about how, quote, right, being with me feels really making it clear that she wants more than a casual friends with benefits type situation. How do I establish where I'm at in a way that's clear and as kind slash painless as possible? Is there a way to do that without ending our relationship completely? This is a tricky one. I feel like this is something that just always comes up with dating in different ways that like one person has different feelings about it than the other. Um, And I've definitely been in a situation like this, although it wasn't their first queer relationship, though I think it might have been their first like T for T relationship. Um, But I guess some thoughts that I had about this. One is that this person mentioned like, is there a way to do this without ending our relationship? And I think there might not be, and that's okay. Um, I feel like your goal going into this conversation has to be with like, (laughs) you know, like pointing out what you want and like what parts of that you might be able to compromise on and also finding out what she wants and what parts of that she might be able to compromise on and see if there's a version of that where you're actually compatible. And if there's not, like, you don't want to try to make something work where you're not both going to be happy. Um, And sometimes that's what happens. And I think that's ultimately less painful than, like, trying to make something work for longer that ultimately is going to end with someone really getting hurt. Um, Another thing I was thinking about is just, like, I've been on both sides of this type of situation. And I think I've realized that I and a lot of people win you're on the side of maybe feeling a little bit more strongly about things. People often tend to say they're okay with whatever the other person is asking for to like allow the relationship to continue because you know that if you're like, oh, I'm not okay with that, that probably means that the relationship has to end and you might lose like any relationship with that person. 
Um, I've definitely done this before. I've had people tell me that they're okay with something when they were not actually. Um, and I think it totally makes sense as a response, but I guess just like, I would be prepared for her to like, if you have this conversation, she might say she's okay with something. And then like a week later, she comes back and is like, actually I'm not, or you might realize from her behavior that she's not okay with something she said she was okay with. So I guess just like, be prepared for this to possibly last beyond one conversation about it. Um, And I guess the last thing I would say, I'm kind of curious how y'all feel about this because I think part of this is just like my specific like way of approaching things and what I think would work for me. But I think like it can sometimes be helpful to be very literal about what you do and don't want. Like if it's like, I don't like it when you say that it feels right to be with me or like, I don't want us to hold hands or like whatever the specific things are. Um, And I think even if you don't like literally say those things, it is helpful just for yourself to think about like, what are those things that are making you uncomfortable? And I mean, you identified some of them in the question, but like, you know, even if you have this conversation and she says like, oh yeah, I'm totally fine with us being casual and when I say I like you, I just mean as a friend, like whatever the thing is, would that genuinely be okay with you if you know that she doesn't necessarily feel like romantically towards you? Or are some of those things in themselves making you uncomfortable? Um, I think like identifying what those moments are for yourself will also be helpful, even if you don't like literally say them in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, those are all good points, Jules. Um, I think I used to like air more on the side of agreeing with what the other person wanted whether or not it really aligned with what I wanted or like I wouldn't be sure what I wanted um but and yeah sometimes I would agree to things and then like a week or two later be like oh that's actually like not what I want I'm not going to keep doing this and sometimes it is easier once you have a little bit of space from the initial conversation and you're like okay I thought I really didn't want to end this but like actually I'm realizing I do um so yeah but ever since my last breakup I've been really trying to like assert what I want and I feel like I'm more clear in what I want and like staying true to that which I usually pose kind of as like you know once I've hung out with someone a few times I'll say like I've been enjoying hanging out with you but I want to be clear that I'm looking for like x right now and I would really like to keep hanging out with you if you feel comfortable with like what I'm where I'm at or what I'm looking for Um, And I do sometimes fear, as Jules said, that the other person is only agreeing because they don't want the relationship or situationship or whatever to end. But I think then at least you've been clear about what you want, what you're willing to give or wanting to give. And like, in some cases, that's really the most you can do. And it's up to the other person to decide what is best for them, given that you've provided them with all of the information like somewhat recently I had a conversation like that with someone and they agreed in the moment and what I said was and this was even closer to my breakup I said I'm really not looking for anything serious or monogamous but like I enjoy hanging out with you whatever and they agreed and then a couple weeks later we're like I just don't think this is gonna last and I was like well right this wasn't something that (laughs) I I said would like that kind of wasn't actually the point um so that showed that they actually didn't understand what I said or didn't want the same thing. And, you know, good luck to them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just to echo, I think what y'all are saying, like, I I feel like there's a fine line between like trusting another person to be honest with their feelings and trusting yourself when it seems like they may not be telling the full story. So 
as Jules and Zoe have noted, there are definitely incentives for people to not necessarily be totally honest about how they feel if it means that they're losing somebody they care about. So I would just say that, like, if it seems like this person is more attached than they're letting on, there may be something to that. Um, And that may mean that it's even more incumbent upon you to be totally forthcoming about what you want and need, even if it might harsh the vibe a little bit. So it seems like, unfortunately, there's some like difficult conversations that need to be had, but we have full faith that you can have them. You know, you got this. Yes, totally. Um, All right. Our next question I feel like my mom doesn't take my current relationship seriously. It's very serious. How do I get her on board? Um, Okay, so this is maybe a hot take, but my response to this is it does not matter how your mom feels about your relationship and you can't (laughs) change how other people feel about things. So uh, mainly, I think you should just try not to worry about it. Um, Mm. But if she is like doing specific things that are like rude to you or the person you're in a relationship with. I guess I would just like push back on those specific things when they happen. Um, I don't know, like if she didn't invite your partner to some family event that everyone else's partners will be at, you could just interrupt and be like, oh, and obviously my partner will be there. Um, Or if she like asks you if you're dating other people and you're exclusive with this person you're in a relationship with, you could be like, no, I'm not dating anyone else because we're exclusive. And it's kind of rude to ask about that right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, th- I think there are ways you can sort of confront these things in the moment when they happen. But also there's an extent to which you can't change your mom's opinions yeah. about this. Um, I think if you feel comfortable with it and like if she doesn't really get the hint from that, you could also just sit her down and like set a clear boundary that's like, mom, I don't like when you do X, Y, Z to my partner. And if you keep doing it, then I'm not going to spend time with you or whatever you actually feel like you would want your response to be if she isn't going to change her behavior. Um, And then she can decide if she's capable of changing her behavior or not. Um, I think, sadly, a lot of adults are not very capable of such things. But also, like, it might go better than you think. She might not realize that what she's doing is hurtful. So you never know. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes, like, we actually kind of don't need to give so much mental energy to what our moms and families in general think, even though (laughs) we're prone to caring about their opinions. Um, Family dynamics can be particularly tricky just because there's obviously so much history there and, like, so many other dynamics at play. So there's also a chance that your mom is using that behavior in response to actually some other reason why she's holding resentment towards you or like wants more of a reaction out of you or something um I've been putting a lot of work into trying to create a more adult relationship with my mom over the past couple years where she knows that like I'm coming to her with things because I like talking to her and sharing with her but it's actually not because I'm looking for like um necessarily like mom advice or advice at all like I'm just (laughs) telling you like trying to kind of build more of a friendship than like that you're still raising me because I am an adult. Um, So I think that happens a lot with moms, especially as um, I don't know how old this person is, but as we're kind of in like our twenties to early thirties and like really becoming independent adults. And it's hard for, it can be hard for parents to accept that and act like that towards us. Um, (laughs) But well, I was curious if, you would feel comfortable letting your mom know that the behavior is bothering you if you haven't already. It wasn't clear from 
the question if you have said anything to your mom yet. Another thing that I like to do is like writing down exactly what you would like to say to your mom in an ideal situation where you don't have to worry about how she'd react or the ramifications, just like exactly what you wish you could say. And sometimes just the act of writing that out feels good and helps to um, solidify how you're feeling. And sometimes that may also inspire you to say at least some of those things um, to your mom. But I think that helps to like really think about why it's bothering you and like what you would like your mom to understand about it. Yeah, I think this, I, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. Just moms can be tough. Um, and the last thing I would just say is like, this might be just something that changes over time. Like, I feel like older adults sometimes have more traditional understandings of like what like serious relationships look like that may include marriage or may not include marriage or maybe like, well, once you've been together for a year, it's serious. But like before that, it can't be. And I don't know, you know, what your mom's, you know, points are at which things become serious. Maybe you don't know. But, like, it may just be that once you reach those milestones, she'll be like, oh, this is real now. And that's it. And, like, that's very silly, but that, silly, but, like, that just may be what you're dealing with. Yeah. Should we do the next one? Okay. So our next question was very long. Um, <laughs> actually, even the TLDR version that this person sent was very long. So I'm going to just summarize the summary. Um, so here we go. Um, this guy seems flirty, but also tells me about tinder dates that he goes on and has gone home with someone else in front of me um he's really hot and cold in texts um he got out of a long-term relationship semi-recently and i know that he's enjoying casually dating but i really like him should i give up on this or should i tell him how i feel thoughts um i have some thoughts so <laughs> um first of all i'll say like he probably is into you on some level um, given that he's flirty and you seem to have, like, somewhat of a history. Um, he also does seem to be enjoying casual dating and, like, sees you as a friend, maybe friends with benefits because he's telling you about his other dates. And, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you're okay with that. Um, but also if you're not okay with that capacity, like, I don't necessarily see that changing, at least right now that seems to be yeah. where he's at. And so I would say the question is more so, like, do you, are you down with being seen in that capacity by him? Or, like, if you want someone who's more committed to you, then you deserve that. And I don't know that it sounds like this person can do that, at least right now, in their life. Yeah, I guess I was going to say also my initial response to this was just that from – just reading the TLDR to be clear, but like the full thing that was sent <laughs> to us, I feel like I got a little bit of a sense that maybe the, the guy mentioned here is like leans more towards like being poly or non-monogamous or like might have more of that attitude towards relationships where like, I mean, I definitely know some people where like if they were talking to me about other dates they had been on, that would be like flirting and a sign that they were into me rather than the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's something to consider, like, how much do you know about what his sort of relationship yeah. history has looked like? And, like, is he someone who generally likes to be monogamous or not? Um, because, I mean, again, I think, as Zoe said, it's like, you have to decide if that's something you're open to. But it kind of sounds to me like 
he might be someone who likes to date multiple people at the same time and he might want you to be one of those people. Um, but it sounds like he's being maybe not open about his feelings towards you, but pretty open about like his life and dating and things that are going on with him. So I think it sounds like the space is there for you to be open in return if you want to. But I do think it's it's mostly about like knowing what you know about how he is approaching relationships, at least at this moment. Like, is that what you want? Um, and I don't know. I'm a big fan of like telling people to just like be honest and talk to the person. But I am also a huge fan of never doing that in my own life. So <laughs> I can also really see the argument for like, <laughs> you know, just kick the can down the road, maybe like date some other people right now and then like revisit this in five years. Um, that's also an option. <laughs> in five years? Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe a little bit too avoidant. Okay. But I, I agree how with, about with trying to find some more people. <laughs> she was like, talk about it next decade. Yeah, you know, check in after you've both gone through a marriage and divorce. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I would say, like, don't put all your eggs in this basket. And, like, be prepared if you are somebody that is like interested in a monogamous relationship with this person for it to not go well (laughs) um because it just it seems from everything even just like the summary that I read just then like doesn't seem like he's in a place where he wants to be in that kind of space and so I yeah I would say like you know how much do you care about holding on to your friendship with this person and if you're like I'm just like into them and like losing the friendship isn't that big of a deal then like just tell them how you feel and like if it's more of like oh I really value our time together his friendship is really important to me in addition to my being into him then like you know maybe don't say anything but yeah I would just say be prepared for this to be like you know not a you know monogamous long-term relationship if that's what you're looking for but if you're okay with it not being that then like yeah go for it um, our last question, I love self care tips for when you are feeling lonely but burnt out from the dating. Um, I can answer. Yeah, <laughs> I think you should go first because I have to think about my answer. Yeah, so I mean, I alluded to this earlier, but like, I like to just like put on lingerie. I don't know if this person is a type of person that likes to wear lingerie, um, but like, I just like put it on and like hang out in my apartment um and like whatever it is that makes you feel sexy like wear that you know maybe it's like a you know white tank and like jeans I don't know whatever I'm thinking of things that people look hot in anyway maybe it means just hanging out naked I don't know but like for me I like put on like a corset or whatever drink some wine dance to Ariana Grande in my apartment by myself thank god my window looks out into a brick wall and other people's apartments because like that would really harsh the vibe um but like yeah I think a big part of I think multiple answers that we've had this this episode is like figuring out what makes you feel good in your skin and like sexy and then like doing that and being like fuck everybody else like this is what I'm enjoying and like this is how I feel good about myself and like sexual or whatever whatever it is you want to feel like I'm sure if Laura were here they would be like take a bath you know so I'm plugging the bath for Laura um but yeah I feel like there's I'm sure other people have other 
Yeah, I really want a second hanging out naked. I think it's a great thing to do. Um, Also can really help with like working through any like self-image, like body dysmorphia type issues you might have. I think, um, I don't know, just like spending more time hanging out alone naked is always a great thing to do. So very much second that. Um, I also, it's funny that you mentioned that your window looks out onto a brick wall because my bedroom window <laughs> looks out like directly onto the street, like a very busy street. And it's like a second <laughs> floor window. So it's, I think people can definitely see me, but I actually, maybe I'm just like more of an exhibitionist, but I'm kind of like, I like that. I'm like, if someone looks up here, they're going to see like this bitch having a great sexy time. I'm like, that's great for them. Look away if you I don't want to see it, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I guess also because this person mentioned feeling lonely, but like not necessarily wanting to go to dating apps to seek a response to that, which I think is something a lot of us do. Um, I personally have just been finding like friendships and like close non-romantic relationships really restorative. Um, especially like, I don't know, this whole three years or whatever has been such a weird time for all social interaction um and I think like when there are times when it feels safe and like possible to spend time in person with people that I'm close with um that's something that I've really been leaning on or like over zoom or a phone call like whatever it is um I think a lot of times like I don't know, like leaning into those relationships that are really like nourishing and restorative to you can oftentimes be a really good way to break out of like the dating, I don't know, rat race, like just this sort of endless, uh, this like we didn't really click and like I'm not meeting people that I like. And it's like those, I think those things, there's just so much of that in dating and it can be very difficult. And having those relationships that are sort of stable and like fulfilling is really important. Yeah, I would just, I would second what Joel said, like, you know, if you're feeling this way and you're like, okay, this is not a night where I want to, you know, put on lingerie and dance by myself, text your friends and be like, hey, do you want to hang out on Zoom? And like, your friends are also living in like a terrible hellscape. <laughs> we'll probably be like, hell yeah, I'm also feeling horrible. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> so yeah, that would be another recommendation. True. Another thing I've been doing, which I don't know if this is helpful, but personally, um, I've been dog shopping on the internet and considering adopting a dog because um, I love my cat so much, um, but there's something about, like, a dog just laying their entire body on you that um, really comforts me. I've been staying with my parents and they have two dogs, and I've been like, maybe what I need is not a relationship, but maybe what I need is a dog. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get one because they're kind of a lot of work, but so are relationships. So I'm really trying to sell myself on it. (laughs) Great point. (laughs) I love that. And I also think I definitely feel like hanging out with my cats is a very like restorative self-care act. So yeah, well, my cat also loves dogs. So I'm like, maybe what my cat and I both need is a dog. That's so cute. Yes. I love that. So. Well, dogs are definitely expensive. You know what isn't expensive? Subscribing to Season of the Bitch on Patreon. Yes. For simply so one, one dollar a month, you can join our Discord. You can join our reading groups when that stuff is happening. Like, it's so good. I mean, you should give us more than one dollar a month. We're selling ourselves short here, but that's all it takes. Yeah, so, like, don't be stingy. But that, if that's all you have, we understand. 
Right. <laughs> so yeah, consider going to patreon.com slash season of the bitch. Um, you can also send us messages or find us on Instagram and Twitter at season of the B. That's where we get a lot of these questions. It's there on our discord, which again, you can access through Patreon, but following us is free. Um, we have a whole romance and- channel, so you can get romance advice from the season of the B community at any time. So true. On the discord. So that's good. Um, you know, you can send us an email if you want to do that. As established on previous episodes, response times may vary. <laughs> um, that is seasonofthebeatgmail.com. I still have you an know, email back, the person like... I promised to last week, and I'm so sorry yet again. Zoe! <laughs> I will, I will, I will. Literally, when we're done recording, I'm doing it. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe to us on Spotify. I think you can subscribe on other apps. I'm just not familiar with them. You know, only give us good reviews, though. We deserve it. Um, and if you don't, that's not feminism. So there you have it. Um, I think that's everything. Great. That's everything. Well, love, love you. Love you. Bye. 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 bye.